And so normally, right now, Brian comes up and he says, we're not the best body, we are a part of the body, and we're going to pray for another part of the body today. But today we're going to pray for our body. Because it's our seventh birthday. Yay! I was thinking about this morning when I was getting ready. And, um, you know, I was, when I was putting the slideshow together, I texted Barrett, and I'm like, I'm just barely getting into the start of looking through these pictures, and I'm sitting here at work going, <laughs> you know, trying to do it on my lunch break, and, you know, sneaking a little bit here and there, you know, a minute here and there during my lunch break, and looking, and my babies were babies when we started this. I looked, and one of the pictures on there was Rachel, our first little greeter, and she's standing between, there's the pulpits, and there's our little card table that had our computer on it, because... The church are sitting in started in our living room seven years ago. There you go. So this was a uh, Rachel standing between. Oh, that was Rachel standing between the pulpit and the media board, the media team, the whole team back there. <laughs> and the top left corner was our first service. Now that was after the service. We were sitting around talking, but that's how it was. We were sitting on couches. We were sitting on lovely little folding chairs, and Brian stood up and preached on the back side of that carpet. And what you don't see is behind the carpet is a piano. And we had one computer monitor, and that's where our words scrolled for our songs. And it was lovely. It was nice and small and quaint. And then we moved to the pavilion in 2010 because we were in my house for 14 months. Yep, 14 months of people coming in my house each and every week, a couple of times a week. There's no chance to take a week off from cleaning because people are there every week. Sure were. Um, but you know what? I was, when I was thinking about it, I was like, Lord, those 14 months, in some ways, they were hard. But, in, you know, I sit here and I think about it, it was like labor. Because for Brian and I, the, the church is almost like another child. You know, we've seen it from birth and we've raised it up and we've nursed it and we've helped it and we've guided it. And then we've shared it with others. And now other people are helping us. And other people have taken you know, ownership of the church. And it's theirs as well. You know, so to a bit, it was a bit like labor. You put in the work, but you look back on it. And you're like, look what this has become. And because of people sewing in to Boomerang, not just Brian and I, but, you know, all these people on here and so many more. I, there were so many pictures if I'd have put all the pictures on here I wanted to, we'd be here all day just looking at the slideshow. You know, but because y'all have sown into this, you know, we were able to help a ministry get the gospel out to millions starting this year. We sowed into them at the end of the year, and they're on DirecTV or Dish TV or some cable satellite, both. They're on both, Direct and Dish. This is what you did. You're getting the gospel out to the nations. We've gone out, we've evangelized, you know, we've, We've fed the homeless. We've pulled people off the streets that were freezing in the, you know, teens during the week. We've, you know, we've helped to save marriages. But above all, in every single thing we do, we were able to point people to Christ. This is what y'all have done for seven years. And the great thing is, is it's, you know, Barrett was joking around and saying we're in second grade. But really, we are just barely getting started. You know? I mean, it's not long, you because know, for the first little bit, you kind of crawl. And then you, you know, waddle around, and some days you fall on your face and get back up. We're just starting to really run, and that's the exciting thing, is we're getting our momentum up. The next years are going to be so awesome. 
And so we just, we praise God for you. This isn't our celebration. It's not Brian and I's celebration. This is y'all. Y'all were seven. Y'all poured into this ministry. You know, you gave, you know, you showed up days when you wanted to stay in bed. You gave to others. You sowed tithes and offerings. You helped to make this ministry seven so that we can grow more and more and sow into more and more. And it's a beautiful thing. And so I just say happy birthday to you. And thank you for all that you've done to help get this ministry to where it is. Live stream. There are people that sow that don't even come to this church. They watch on live stream. There may be in other nations, other states, other towns. Y'all have helped to get us here. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, so we're going to pray over Boomerang. And we're going to praise God for his birthday and where we're going. And then Barrett actually had a testimony. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for your blessings on Boomerang. We thank you for this ministry that is your ministry, Lord. And, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be used in this ministry. Thank you for the seven years that we've had to build the foundation. And that thank you, Lord, that this is just the beginning. That each and every day gets better and better. That each and every day we show more people your love. We show more people that there is hope in you. That we are the light in a dark world because of this ministry. Because of the word that you have poured through this ministry. Because of the wisdom and the knowledge and the faith and the love that you have poured through the people of this ministry, Lord. And so, Father, I pray your blessings on each and every one of them. I thank you for them. I thank you for every single person who has sown into this ministry, be it financially or physically or in prayers, in every way. We thank you for them, and we pray your blessings upon them. And, Father, we thank you that your hand is upon Boomerang Church. Your hand is upon each and everything that you have called us to do, that we will go out and we will profess your word, that we will make disciples, that we will show people your love, that we will be that love in action. And we praise you for it, Lord. Thank you for the honor of being a part of that. Thank you for the blessing that is on that. In Jesus' name, amen. I can't promise that I won't. Um, <laughs> I've already fully prepared to cry if I do, so you will love me in spite of it. But, no, we um, we were talking about Boomerang's birthday this week, and, I mean, Nicole, Nicole was not joking. She actually did text me saying that she was crying looking at the pictures. But for me, in thinking about this church, the whole ELT prayed over whether or not we were supposed to talk and whether or not... Um, there was supposed to be a testimony time. And for me, I just thinking of this church, this church is everything. Well, it's not everything, but when I walked into the doors of this church, I, a lot of you weren't here that day. There's probably a handful of you that were here at that time, but I was broken beyond anything I was ever broken to before. I was hurting and there was not a lot of hope that was in me at all. And what God knew I wanted was a family. And what he, I told you, <laughs> um, what he knew I wanted was a family. And he led me through these doors, completely broken. And I want you to think about yourself. See, Nicole just gave you a beautiful, big picture of what this church is. 
But for me, this church is, it's a personal thing. It's not, for me, I don't look at it as a big picture. I know uh, from being on the ELT, I know a lot of things that we do, details. I know the ministries that we've touched. I know different things that we've given. But for me, when I think of this church, I think of how it's affected me, what it's done for me. I was so scared to love people. I was so scared to open myself up to anyone. And literally the second I walked through these doors, Lee met me at the door with a hug. Deb and Steven sewed into my life a financial blessing that I don't even know if they realized it was a huge thing for me, but it was a huge thing for me. I'd never been ever received something like that before. Brian and Nicole, I couldn't sleep for a week. The first week I was here, I didn't sleep at all. And I went over to their house and I just slept on the couch. I could literally go through each and every single one of you because you guys are my family. That's what this church is. What this church is, is this church, and it's so cool. If you look at it, it's so cool because this church takes in people who are broken. And I'm not going to single each and every single one of you out, but I would be willing to bet pretty much everything I have that when each and every single one of you walked through these doors, you were broken. You were hurting. You were in pain some way. God needed to get himself to you. And what God is able to do through this church is he will take you at your most broken and he will love you back through each and every single one of you. His love will get to people and you will be loved back to the, where you were supposed to be. You will be loved back into wholeness. You will be loved back to a place that you can start loving others that you can start sowing love in. I am now at a place where I get to, I have the ability to love people. I get to be able to text Rebecca throughout the week and minister with her and have that fellowship with her. And I will tell you up until recently, I didn't want to because there was a fear that was there of what happens if people get close. But this church loves you beyond that fear. This church loves you beyond where you think you can go and it will push you places. This love, this church will love you past anything so that you can be the ministers that you were trained up to be so that you can love in ways that you were supposed to be able to love in it will love you through your hurts it will love you through your pains it will love you through everything and what you get is a family that's who each and every single one of you are is family when I needed somewhere to go my first Thanksgiving here, Jeff and Tara opened their doors to me, and I got to have Thanksgiving with them. When George was gone out of town, Rachel and Chris had me over, and Rachel would feed me, and Rachel can cook, but Rachel would feed me to make sure that I had food. You guys are the arms and the feet of Christ. That's who you are. This church is so cool because the reality of who God is lives and breathes in every single one of you. Stephen gets to sow love through his business. Jade gets to sow love through where she works at. Sherman gets to sow love through each and every single package he delivers. And that may sound silly, but it's true. You guys spread love further than you will ever realize. And so I pray that this year we are more intentional about it. Because if this is the sort of love that comes when we're... I know for me, when I'm only partially aware of what I'm doing, think of what could happen if we unify together and are intentional about it. This church is love. That's what God is in this church. It's love. So happy birthday. And I did not cry as much as I thought I would. I'm very pleased. So <clears throat> tomorrow is seven years. And, um, you know, 
One of the things that's very important is there's people that you know that need that love. There's people that are broken right now, and they need to come out of it. And um, there's people that need the family like Barrett's talking about. They're your friends. They're your family. They're your co-workers. They're people that God's going to introduce you to. And they're supposed to be here. They just are waiting on an invite from you. And so make sure that you keep that on your mind. God wants to move through you in this place, but he's got you, uh, you got to make sure that your priority is, Lord, let me see him. That's what this series is that we're talking about now. You know, the, the series is who, what, when, where, why, and how. And we talked about why last week, and the why was what? I hope you filled it in the blanks on your handout. I left you a blank. You look, I, I left you blanks this week too. So all of those that that are motivated by such things, I, I hope you uh, I hope you filled it out. What's the why? Because I love God. Because everything else comes to an end. Even if you want to do good, you know the thing is, you know you want to do good. Let's say that I want to I want to you know be a friend to Stephen, and that's good and godly for me to be a friend to Stephen. But how much am I thinking about being a friend, you know, if Nicole and I are upset at each other, and and all of a sudden my being a friend to him stops at least for that moment, at least for that time. Even though I'll turn back around and later be a friend, but in that moment my why is broken. If my why is I just want to be a godly friend. But when I love God, loving God is a why that will make that happen no matter what else is going on in my life. So no matter what I'm going through, if my why is loving God, it will abide, it's eternal, and that will help me be the best friend that I can. You see, so our why has to be correct. That's what we talked about last week. So very important. Today we're talking about the who and the what. You know, why are we here? What are we doing? But who are we involved with? Who is Who are we talking about as far as ministry goes? And what are we talking about? And so let's, let's turn to 1 Timothy 2 and verse 3 and 4. We're looking at in this series, what are we doing? How are we doing it? It's different from the cloudy with a chance of loaves and fishes series, but it's what, what's the practical things that you and I are supposed to be doing to fulfill what God has called us to do? So if our why is we love God, then what does God c- consider important in the everyday affairs of life that we are supposed to be doing? What are those things? Well, today is who are those things? And what are those things? Who and what? And so this verse here is, let me ask you this question before we read this, is who is an active part of your life? Who are the active members in your life? Family? Family? Friends? Friends? Co-workers? Spouse? Spouse? Church? Now, what's interesting about that is you know all those people right and this should be the first people that we uh talk to that we invite to be a part of a family that we invite to you know hey 
you're going to find God there. You're going to find the love of God at Boomerang. You know, you're going you're to find some of those testimonies and some of those pictures. You're going to find, you know, a way to come up out of that brokenness. And all of the people that you just mentioned are exactly who you should be thinking about. You should be thinking, who is it that God wants me to contact? Who is it that God wants me to pour love out on? But there's also this, all those people you know. Well, how many more people are in the world that you don't know? A lot. A lot. And is God interested in those people? Yeah. So a lot of times what happens is we walk by all the people that God wanted us to touch and be a part of that week simply because we don't know them. Well, Brian, I don't know them. That makes me uncomfortable. All right, well, let's go back to why. Do we love God or not? We're not doing it because it makes you comfortable or not. We're not, we're not going after and talking to people and inviting them to church and, and loving on them and pouring out the power of God because it makes you comfortable. That's not the why. The why is what? We love God. So we got to seek, seek uh, God and search, Lord, what do you want to do in this situation? Who are you wanting me to, to speak to? Who are you wanting me to minister to? And some days it is, just who you know. Some day it's people you don't have a clue about. Yeah, recently you uh, y'all met a young man at the park, Daniel, right? And you didn't know him, but the Holy Spirit got you to invite him. He's one of those people, when he walked in the door, I knew he was supposed to be here. He was supposed to be here the whole time. And you invited him because, not because you knew him, but because you have a family here, you know that God's moving here, but you were willing to step out of your door. And now there's a young man that's coming that, that needed this, I'm, and he needed it right now. There were some things going on that he was about to go through. He needed somebody that would trust God. So by looking beyond just your comfort zone, by looking beyond that, all of a sudden there's somebody who's plugged into family and now plugged into God. Man, you, I wish you could have heard some of the testimonies he was telling me this week about how God has become real to him. And it all comes back to the who was not just who I was comfortable with. 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4 says, This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Who does he? Who is he interested in? Everyone. Everyone. You see, everybody you pass by, everybody is made in the image of God. Everybody he desires to have as a child. Everybody that walks into your business. Everybody that you talk to on the phone. Everybody you pass in the store. Everyone he's interested in. They're not all supposed to be here at Boomerang. I, I know that. You know that. But God is interested in them. And you may be the one that gets them to come to church and gets to come to church here and this is the place for them. Or you may be the one that puts a little bit of water or fertilizer on a seed that somebody else has been planting. But if we just walk through life and our why is us and not God, we'll miss the who. We'll miss who God is interested in. We just go through life. We're just doing our thing. Yeah. But our, our why is us 
and not God, and all of a sudden, not a love for God, and all of a sudden, we just walk by people, and those are the people that God wanted to talk to today through you. But see, what we're supposed to do is do this. We are always leaving the door open, always listening for the voice of God. Lord, is there somebody you want to touch? Is there somebody you want me to talk to? Is there somebody that you want to pour the glory, your glory through me and into that person today? Whether they ever come to church here or not makes no difference. Is there somebody you want me to minister to, to love on, to pour out the power of God on? Amen. That's the who. And the who to God is everyone. Everyone. You know, we're kind of talking about evangelism in a way. And let, let me just, let me share something with you. Somebody said this this week, and man, it just hit me. I've never seen it from this angle. You know the scripture, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. Well, another verse translate that fear, it says it this way. God did not give us a spirit of timidity. All right, to be timid, to the opposite of bold, to be to be shy and held back. Right? He didn't. That didn't come from God. That didn't come from God. So when you're sitting there and the Lord says, "Hey, go talk to that person. Go talk to that person," you go, oh, "I don't know if I want to talk to you." That's not from God. The Holy Spirit saying, "Hey." Go do this. We got to get over the timidity. We got to get over the fear. We got to be ready. We got to be bold. I pray that you are bold for Christ in everything you do, everywhere you are, with the who? Everybody. John 17, 20 through 21 says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message, through the word. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. You see, there's a part of the world that's not believing anything about Jesus because there's a people that won't be one with one another. In other words, the who is not just all the, all the unbelievers. The who is also the believers. But it's also not just, the, not just the believers in your body and in your family. As we've started to reach out and been unified in the ladies' gathering and the one service, how many have been blessed by somebody in another ministry? How many have been a blessing to somebody in another ministry too? And that's most of you, I know. So here's the thing. The who is not just boomerang. It's the whole body of Christ. And it's not just the body of Christ. It's everybody. The who is whoever God wants you to pour out his love on right now. Amen. That's the who. It's anybody. Everybody. Don't be afraid of stepping out of that comfort zone and, and be bold for Christ and be a witness for Christ. And hey, God loves you. You may be going through something, but you're coming through, right? You got a word for him. You, you got to be willing. You know, All right, you got to be willing to say, Lord, who would you have me speak to right now? Yeah. Not just today. You know, 
Uh, you say, who do you have me speak to today? You may limit it just to one person. Well, that's that one person. Thank you, God. No, he may have you witness to 10 people, 20 people. He may have you talk to them. He may have you do all kinds of things. But the question is, has our why, has it really been on the Lord? And the answer is probably not. But the question is this, if our why really was on the Lord, would we maybe seek the who more often? Would we leave our plans open to God and actually maybe make plans for the who instead of just living our life, instead of just making our plans? But we've got to go back to that why and say, Lord, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I will be the witness that you've called me to be. So who should be our who? The answer is everyone, believers and non-believers, everybody is our who. Don't just pass by people anymore, but leave yourself open. Lord, is there something you have to, you want me to say? Yeah, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard where somebody walked up to somebody and said, I believe God told me to say this to you. And all of a sudden, they just, I mean, they, that person, sometimes they'll be like, oh, okay. You know, sometimes they'll be like, oh my gosh, what, really? And you don't know what in the world the Lord is trying to say to them. You don't know why or what their situation is. You just know, I need to be bold for God. Yeah. I need to be willing to step out because my why is I love him. And if he's leading me, he hasn't given me a spirit of, of timidity, a spirit of fear. He's given me a spirit of boldness, of power, love, and a sound mind. And I will be that person for God because my why is I love him. And if I love him, I will be involved with that why. I will be seeking him, but I'm going to be involved with what he loves. I'm going to be involved with who does God say who is. He says everybody. Yeah. Everybody. So who is everyone? Now, what do you think we should be doing? What? What do you think we should be doing? Anybody got any guesses? Discipling. Furthering the kingdom. Loving our neighbor. All of that's good. Telling somebody about Jesus. Stepping out of that comfort zone. Yeah. Helping someone in need. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. They probably had a job to do, though. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Inviting them. What is whatever God needs at the moment? But there's some certain things that we should be about doing. The question is, you know, well, I'll ask that at the end. But uh, what are we, why are we here on this earth? You know, what, what's the purpose? What's, what's, what are we supposed to be about? Let, let's just look. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21. It says this, Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and reconciled means to be made right. So in other words, if he reconciled us to himself, 
He brought us up to his level. That's what it means. And we're made right. We're not wrong with him anymore. We're made right. He says to reconcile us to himself through Jesus. So we couldn't do it without Jesus. And he gave us, here's the what, here's part of it, the ministry of reconciliation. He gave us the ministry, the service of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world or making the world right making the world right to himself and not that's not just the church that's the world not counting their trespasses against them and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation so in other words one of the things that he's done the what is he made us right with him and now he's given us the ministry the service and the word to tell other people that God has made them right too not just believers but he's made the world right this is a part of the what is letting people know in the eyes of God you're right with him through Jesus Christ already you're right with him now you need to do something about that you need to receive the fullness of that reconciliation but he's not holding stuff against you He's not holding against their trespasses. Therefore, verse 20, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So that we might become the righteousness of God. So the what is, he's given us a ministry of telling people, God's made you right through Jesus Christ. Will you accept it? God's made you right. But you know what this involves in order to get this to people? This involves us actually stepping out of the, out of the comfort zone and seeing the who. Yeah. And seeing the who the way God sees who. It involves seeing the what, the way God sees the what. So one of the things here is, is this, turn into Mark now, Mark 16, verse 15 through 18. And while you're going there, there there's a scripture that also says this, the what, uh, there's a scripture that says that you are supposed to be able to give an account for the hope that is within you. So this means that, first of all, we should be living the what is being a minister of reconciliation. And part of how we do that is we grow up in God enough so that we actually have the manifestation of hope that's coming out of us. And when we have a manifestation of that hope that's coming out of us, that's going to cause some people to say, why are you hopeful? That doesn't even make any sense. doesn't make any sense why you have hope in this world right now. And at that point, we're supposed to be well-prepared enough to be able to tell them why we have that hope and why the, how they can have the same hope. Yeah. Then it says here in Mark 16, 15 through 18, this is, this is what happens at the same moment Jesus said, Look, all power and authority is given unto me. You now go therefore. Okay, He says, All power and authority is given to me, so how much is left for the devil? None. And then he says, go therefore and do the what? And this was a part of the same discourse here in Mark 16. It says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel 
to every creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, and he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And what's he talking about there? He's talking about going, making disciples, and in his name power will flow through you. I could, we could talk about each one of those things, but we're not going to do that. The fact is, you've grown up to the place where, you've grown up in the maturity of Christ, where when you actually go out into the world, and you visualize and see the who that God wants, and you know the what that he wants you to do, and you're empowered by the why, the power of God flows from you. Amen. Now, here's the question. How many of us are doing that? And I don't want you to raise your hand, but I do, I think I do want you to take out your, take out your hand out right now and grab a pen and, and write down, and before you jump, before you jump, I don't want you to just throw down the first thing that you're doing. There's some specifics that I want to ask you if you're doing. What are you doing in the what? Making disciples, winning souls, manifesting the power of God. The what is being an ambassador, which includes making disciples, winning souls, and moving in the power of God. When's the last time that you personally won somebody to Jesus? When's the last time that you personally uh, took somebody from completely not being a disciple to being a disciple? To the point where you could leave them alone and they will go after Christ all by themselves. Discipline themselves after him. When's the last time you saw the gift of the Spirit in power move through you even you know, in, in here or outside of here? And, and here's my point in asking this, not to make you feel bad, but these are ambassadorship things. This is the what. When's the last time you actually did it as a believer? And let me put it this way. Could we get better? Could we do it more? Should we? This is the what. This is the what. And if you don't know how to do those things, that, you know, at, okay, maybe you should. Fine, right now, decide, I want to learn how to do this. I want to know how to do these things. And you should want to know how to do it, because to God, this is the what. This is the what. You know, what are we to be doing? Number one, be an ambassador, colon, which means making disciples, Winning the lost, moving in the power and the love of God. In other words, the, uh, if I'm a disciple as well, I'm moving in his love. I'm, I'm maturing in him. Moving in the power and the love of God. How often should we be win winning people to the lost? 
it should be a constant testimony. Has it been? No, if it had, we'd be hearing about it because you'd be like, Pastor, I just, I just led somebody to the Lord. I'd hear about it all the time. But you know when the last time I heard that testimony was? I don't remember. What does that tell us? Yeah. Our why has been off, hasn't it? Which is what we looked at last week. I told you this series is going to get up in your business. And I'm sorry. That's why I sat down last week, you know. When's the last time you laid hands on somebody and they were immediately healed? When's the last time you, you know, had a word of knowledge for somebody? I mean, it broke them down crying because it hit the nail on the head. Uh, and look, we get opportunities to do that in here. But this is, this is kind of the Petri dish. This is the training ground. This is where it needs to happen. Like we got like a live, you know, live customers in here. You know what I'm saying? We got you got people that are willing to. It ought to happen in here. But here's what ought to be happening, and this is probably happening more than you know it. You're sitting there. I'm praying over somebody, or or you think you you know, hey, you know, the Lord just. I believe. I, I think maybe the Lord might have just told me to tell you this, and they go, oh. Whoa. You see, this this can happen, actually this happens on the streets more often as, as soon as people open themselves up to the who and the what for the why, all of a sudden this starts to happen everywhere. For example, when you invited Daniel, right, that was right on time. That was right on time. And so you heard from the Lord. You were just willing. You were willing in the why for the who and the what, and all of a sudden God opened up. And you did, you were an ambassador simply by inviting him here. Yeah. That's the beginning steps. That's the first steps. And yet, how often are we doing that? That's the easiest thing. Yeah. Just inviting people to church. Yeah. And we're not even doing it, are we? Not really. Not, not, not sufficiently. Yeah. And... So there's multiple things. We've got to say, look, this what needs to happen more often. This walking in power, walking in love. You know, and Paul said this, look, I don't come in convincing man's words wisdom, but I come in demonstration and power. He's not just talking about like miracles and all that only. He's also talking about it's important for you not to just talk, like, talk love, but live love. Yeah. Amen. That'll preach on its own. Yeah. In other words, when somebody comes, I, the pastor should not have to convince you to forgive somebody. Yep. <laughs> that's, that, that's living love. I should not have to talk you into forgiving somebody. That's like Bible 101, right? That should not be hard. You should be like, you know, kind of, you know, convincing me that it's the right thing because you live it so much. I shouldn't have to convince you to, like, be motivated for God. I shouldn't have to convince you to be in excellence. I shouldn't have to motivate you to do that. That's Christianity. Either you believe it or you don't. Either you live it or you don't. And see, living it is the what. What are we to be doing? Be an ambassador. Make disciples. Win souls. Move in the power and the love of God. 
Do we have room to grow in that? Should, let me ask this, should that being an ambassador in those four areas, those are huge, four huge areas, should we be seeing those areas like at least one of them every day? Should we almost be seeing those almost every hour? Yeah, and who is it to be directed to? Everyone. The who is everyone. The what is, be an ambassador. Be an ambassador. But you've all got to be motivated. See, all of that, here's what happens when our why, the why is the biggest one. That's why I started out with it, even though it's at the end of the who, what, when, where, and why. So I started with that one. Because if our why is off, if we're doing things for whatever reasons besides we love God, as much as we know the what, as much as we know the who, see, you could probably answer the what if I just, you know, Gave you just a few seconds. You could probably come up with the what. But yet, our why before now hasn't motivated us to do the what. Not on a God level. Not on a Jesus level. And so we need to check our why and go back to it. And let our why, which is the love of God, motivate us in everything that we do. Amen. Amen. Let's be the kind of ambassadors that Jesus stands up for. Like he did with Stephen. said, I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of the Father. Let's be the kind of ambassadors. The, let's, let's be the kind of disciple makers that Jesus stands up for. Let's be the kind of soul winners that Jesus stands up for. Let's be the kind of believers that has disciplined ourselves and gone after the things of God that Jesus stands up for. Let's be the kind of people that pours out love no matter what anybody does that Jesus stands up for. And let's not just do it so that Jesus will stand up. Let's do it because we love God. We love God. Let's do it because we love God. Let him be our why. Let's just stand. Father, we just thank you right now. Thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for seven years here at Boomerang. What a blessing. Not only you know, are we still going when a lot of ministries are done by now, but we're thriving. You are pouring out love and life on people. You are setting people free. You are taking them out of their brokenness. You are knocking off the junk of the devil in their lives. You are bringing about family. Lord, we just praise you for that. Lord, we thank you that you loved us so that we could love you. We thank you that our why is now motivating us to the who, to everybody. To do the what? To be your ambassador. The kind of ambassador that at the end we come up in front of you and you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, we praise you. And Lord, we commit today to do the what with everybody that you lead us to. And we're looking for those people. We are in joy, confidence, and expectation that you will show us the who daily 
and the exact what that you want to do in their lives. And we will be vessels that you will flow and pour through in every way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go be the what to a who today.